welcome to the Feel Good Nook. We're so glad to have you guys back. So today's topic is both a significant and sensitive topic. We're here to talk about mental health and to ask tough questions we have been contemplating as of recently. We recognize that the way in which each of us experience mental health is unique to the individual. We also recognize that mental health is rightfully a topic that has generated more and more awareness as people in the spotlight have come out to vulnerably share their struggles with forming and maintaining a healthy mental state to foster and to gain support. Mm -hmm. There are so many factors that come into play for mental health, but I think a a main factor that really generated visibility around mental health was COVID. While some people thrived with the turn COVID required of us in our lives, others really reached the deep end of what I like to call their shadow work. Mm -hmm. And we seem to keep hitting a wall the past couple of years with COVID and now with the recession. And mental health- end. (laughs) (sighs) Right, and that's what we're here to talk about. There is an end and then there's a beginning and then it'll happen again and it goes away and then you get right back on it, right? It's just like the form of life. But mental health awareness continues to be a top headline in mainstream media and social media. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about social social media. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So when Angie and I were brainstorming on this topic and we're like sharing our thoughts, Uh, social media became a headline for us that we really wanted to dig into Mm -hmm. because social media, while it's a great platform to bring awareness to mental health, it also has a disadvantage, right? The advantage is that it allows us to reach people who need to relate, feel supported and less alone. But then there's a downside that social media has Um, as it perhaps has unintentionally made mental health trendy. Mm -hmm. Trendy to the point of people misdiagnosing themselves. For example, anxiety is a clinical mental health disorder that should be taken seriously. Yet we see captions and stories and hear people casually yet urgently talk about Mm -hmm. how anxious they are or how depressed they are. So where do we draw the line in the sand? Are we overindulging in the healing process? Ooh, wow. That is a jam-packed question, Samantha. Thanks for the great intro, by the way. Mm -hmm. This topic of mental health has always been, for me personally, a struggle. Just because I've developed a lot of mistrust. It's hard Mm -hmm. for me to reconcile a label placed on an individual. You mentioned anxiety. Um, But I think even labeling someone as schizophrenic, uh, which is a disorder that affects a person's ability to think and feel and behave clearly, Mm -hmm. I feel like labels like that can have adverse effects on people, actually preventing a person from freely expressing who they are, exploring their gifts. Instead, they're seen mainly as whatever that label entails, you know? Mm-hmm. over medicating the population also isn't taking care of the problem. So I feel that Western medicine and our culture here in the United States, it just really doesn't value the person as a whole. Mm-hmm. An emphasis is placed on the physical well-being, what you look like on paper, 
what prescriptions work, and often the spiritual aspect is ignored. So using that example of schizophrenia, um, it's, it's a very different take on reality. Hearing voices and being in connection with spiritual beings sounds a lot nicer than I'm hearing voices in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, often people with that disorder when put on medication, that, you know, those connections are severed. So I just feel like there's more to these uh, labels that when, when looking at seeking mental health guidance or um, treatment can often have this like negative repercussion is, is kind of like my lens of like approaching this topic. Um, So I'm a little, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I struggle with the openness of this topic. However, I feel that there's a lot to discuss. That's super interesting. You mentioned spirituality um, a little bit earlier. So are you saying that there may be a spiritual aspect to certain mental health disorders that are being overlooked? Yes, I feel that a lot of the mental issues may be tied to our spiritual selves. And it's very hard for people to understand that because there's no proof for that Mm. spiritual side of you that often affects your thinking patterns. Mm -hmm. So the thinking patterns and the mental health is easily observable because it's behavior, it's conversation, it's um, even physical exams, right? But I feel that we're just ignoring that spiritual aspect. So it's kind of hard to tackle the topic. And then you brought up how it was, you know, trendy. So you and I have had conversations about how spirituality is trending. And everywhere you look, it seems like, you know, crystals are just all over the place. And that's just one form. I think that it's, it's seen as even witchy or beside religion. And Things that we often see, like I mentioned, the crystals for healing, meditation, using plant medicine, saging, Mm -hmm. all of this is is trending. And with meditation, uh, with emphasizing meditation, I think that that is a great thing that Mm -hmm. it is trending. Mm -hmm. It really is. But then it's like the whole um, aspect of like trend, right? Like we are individual people, you and I have shared some really deep conversations and have gone through some pretty significant challenges in our life. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't been like an easy path, like to have spirituality, like I feel like you build spirituality over time, Mm -hmm. when you go through something difficult. And then you learn some like really important Mm -hmm coping mechanisms that are not solely relying on things that are like crystals and just being like, Oh, I'm just going to meditate an hour a day, or I'm going to do yoga X amount of times. Or um, I have like all these like energy things. Like I don't necessarily think that everyone truly understands spirituality and like not to sound judgmental, but they think that it's still a good playground for people to, explore 
But I think that when something is trending online and in social media, the foundation of how where these like spiritual practices rooted from are not being walked. So it's like, I just don't feel like a, it just doesn't allow people to like actually like walk the talk. If that yeah. makes sense. It does. It makes sense. Um, I, what I think of, I guess, is my first introduction to spirituality. Obviously, saging is like a big thing when you learn about this plant and how it can help clear up negative spaces and negative energies. I mean, if you're not really looking at the core of like mm -hmm. where this is, we easily get into problems where um, it's these practices are seen as like closed practices, yet everyone is practicing it. And these items like the plants are now in shortage or, you know, people are overindulging in the purchasing of these items, not caring about the sustainability of their origins. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree that when things are trending online, you're not really concerned with where it's coming from. You're yeah. kind of just like, oh, yeah, let me buy this amethyst. And who knows where the hell it came from. Right. And so a lot of people are turning to social media, right, to learn more about, like, topics or even to get the news. And I don't believe much of the information one is getting on social media is credible, like we're getting brief snapshots and like these quick, quick swipes on social media with information and it leaves too much room for misinformation, I believe. Mm -hmm. What someone shares about their, like if we're talking about anxiety and depression, going back to, to that point, what someone might share about their actual diagnosed anxiety and depression might resonate with someone who's watching it or reading it to the point where they claim the same diagnosis as their own without mm. seeking professional help. Yeah. And I think that's where like the oversaturation on social media is like where it becomes troublesome because like being sad or tired, they're natural emotions that we have to experience. Like we're going to experience mm -hmm. them multiple, multiple times in mm -hmm. a given year, in a given lifetime, because we're human. Mm -hmm. And I think emotions are, meant to rot, to come up so they can like give us information it yes. informs us of like what is out of alignment in our lives emotions mm -hmm. are meant to be sat with they're meant to be processed and understood and I think the pinnacle of the issue is that not everyone has the emotional capacity to deal with the uncertainty or have like a safe space or a supportive group to work through these emotions Right. I think what you're saying right now really speaks to even the empath um, mm -hmm. or people who absorb emotions that are not their emotions. Yeah. So you're almost exactly. you're almost even like perpetuating the issue by trying to relate, trying to to be there, but you're not coming in with the proper armor so to speak because mm -hmm. it's very it's very easy to absorb emotions that are not yours and they they'll live with you and sit with you for years a long time yeah 
I think oftentimes we like to help others and in helping others, we're not really aware how much of it, how much of their issues are now becoming ours. Right. Because you, you start to like somehow create a narrative around the dynamic between you and a person or yourself or what others are saying of you or the narrative that you like made about your, about your own experience. Like if I say I am depressed and I keep saying that I am depressed, I'm probably just going to be depressed as long as I keep saying it. (laughs) Right. And, you know, like not to make it like funny or anything, but I do. And this is, this is what I'm saying. I obviously want to validate there. Of course, everyone has clinical depression. Like there's a lot of people that really suffer from depression, like in Mm -hmm. a very uncontrollable way where it's like a chemical imbalance, but there we have to like make a distinction between like depression and sadness and like you said kind of like really digging in a little bit deeper and being like am I truly depressed or am I just repeating the same story over and over or am I not doing anything differently or is it this the the group that I'm in the space that I'm the people that I'm sharing my energy with that are keeping me down instead of like rising me up and those are really important dialogues that we have to have with ourselves and um, and with the people in our lives because more often than not, you would be surprised that by keeping things, like by holding things within yourself, like you kind of just like end up suppressing um, emotions that are meant to be broken, right? And if you are in conflict, for example, with another person, you feel like, you know what? I realized over the past X amount of months, or X amount of time, I've just been really feeling shitty around this person. And then you like keep it in for whatever reason, or you might decide, you know what, I'm just going to like talk it out with that person. And then by creating that pathway between two people is when things can really start to change, but it's often like taking that first step. Mm -hmm. So when you mention being in a specific dynamic with someone who usually brings you down it's Mm -hmm. your responsibility to like know how to step out of that and not allow those feelings to become yours when they they didn't originate from you it's more of an energy exchange between you and the person that Mm -hmm. results in 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 you feeling down yeah um i I see that with society itself. I feel that the relationship that we have with society, uh, have it be social media, have it be the government, um, have it be the way that we value youth um, over wise old age. I think that society has a very toxic relationship with 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 the people if that mm-hmm. makes sense i don't know if that makes sense but i here, here i go it does make sense i'm going to talk about um rihanna's performance the halftime okay. show that actually got oh we're going there we're gonna You're go there. Us there yes okay. <laughs> she got way more views in the halftime than the super bowl itself which mm-hmm. speaks volumes to like people that's what people are interested in that's what they're invested in they yeah. want to see celebrities perform and me personally I've always been a Rihanna fan I am sad she hasn't come out with new music but something about me now 
when I go back and listen to her music, mm -hmm. I feel that there's such darkness in her lyrics, in a lot of them. And that was because, you know, she was probably in the most toxic relationship that resulted in physical violence that kind of was aired out and people witnessed it with Chris Brown. I yeah. mean, there's a lot there. But me personally, I started feeling very uncomfortable watching her perform and I don't, I didn't really understand what it was. Um, but I think it was a combination of the 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 red that she was wearing mm -hmm. and the raunchy sexual while being pregnant which I'm all for women and sexuality and expressing it and life is a beautiful thing pregnancy is beautiful and women who are pregnant are beautiful and they can be sexy too mm -hmm. but I was sitting there feeling a little bit uncomfortable and I couldn't really understand why it wasn't until later through social media <laughs> that um, it, I, w I found out that she she held her hands up at the end of the performance and reference to Illuminati. She raised her hands and formed a triangle like Illuminati members usually do. So in, on the topic of Illuminati, I think that we know a lot of these celebrities and rich people and, you know, the 1%. Mm -hmm. If they're not a part of it, they are definitely pushing this agenda. And we, the people, the normal people, <laughs> look at that and kind of really don't know what to do with it. Like, okay, sure, I'm I'm still a fan, but like, I know that they're part of this organization that is not out for the better good of humanity because money is more important to them than S&M with children ads and all that stuff oh it's like let's just let's just ignore that part but mm -hmm. I love money so yeah, I'll, I'll keep that narrative to me I just think that that kind of speaks a lot to like where we're at as Americans like mm -hmm. we value entertainment over truly trusting if something is good for you or not and what is the subliminal programming behind these performances and messages that she's not the only one to do this with Illuminati symbolism. It's everywhere you look. It's yeah. the weekend. It's Jay-Z. It's it's everything. It's everyone. And we yeah. do we not care? <laughs> do we just ignore it? Because we well, don't understand. Like the people, like the people, so you're saying like the people that are in the spotlight are who are influencing the vast like population mm -hmm. and they're not good sources or not positive influences and here are the people on the other side of social media you know honoring them and like idolizing them mm -hmm. are following something and trying to keep up with the joneses whether it's like oh i want to like have the latest of this or i want to look like this person or whatever <laughs> you know what i'm trying to say though yeah totally i think we are ignoring the negative impacts just so that we can live a little and be a little happy um or it's making us ignorant i think that's what it is it's like we're either ignoring it or we're ignorant to the fact that we are getting these subliminal messages from people on social media whether you're famous or not but there's like all these messages that are being thrown at us and we're just like eating it Mm -hmm. you know and so and, and and I think that's that's 
that's the issue. It's like, what the hell are we eating? And are, can we be more conscious beings so that we are not being dictated by a narrative that people who are not spiritual are presenting to us? Right. And there are people, there are celebrities who who come out and speak the opposite, you know, about selling your soul. That is a common, oh gosh, common phrase that is usually thrown around the time that you either, it's like you have to decide if you're going to become famous, you have to be okay with selling your soul. Because I'm trying to also think like, who is advocating for this and has money? Yeah, um, there it is. I guess Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey has come out and said a number oh, that, of man. things yeah. that he's make so people wise. that make people label him as crazy. But he's um, totally not. He's lived in the spotlight. He knows the manipulation. I'm sure he's gone through a shit ton of fake people being in that industry, and he seems also like so based on like the quotes and things that I've very very little that I've uh, seen of him, but. He seems very profound mm-hmm. and very certain of who he is. And he's now, I think, a little bit more isolated. I don't think he engages with, I, we haven't seen him in a film in so long. And I think he's probably like living in a cabin somewhere. Right. Um, but yeah, there's people that I think need to really go through that spiritual journey to be like, what the hell is life all about? Mm-hmm. And like, what am I missing out on? And unfortunately, I don't think not everyone gets it people won't get it right and that's like the consciousness part and to be conscious it's like you have I don't know I don't know if it's a gift or I don't know if it's something you can learn I think it's a choice and you're either choosing it consciously or subconsciously or pushed by the universe right? Being in a situation and being like, well, I'm either going to soak in this misery mm-hmm. and take it as misery and call myself miserable for the rest of my life. Because let's just for example, because this is a common one that I hear a lot. It's like, I got a divorce. And so I am a failure. A lot of people attach a divorce to a true life failure. Right. And I really disagree with that because I feel like that person that you shared life with, you loved very deeply at one point mm-hmm. and memories were shared, values were shared, people change and that is fact. Like people yes. do change and you can be a very loyal person and stick to, you know, that partner or one or the other called it quits and decided like, you know what, this is like no longer um, something that I want to continue pursuing, but it has nothing to do with that individual because essentially we're all on our path. And so while it may feel very personal, like if we can just change the narrative, going back to the narrative mm-hmm. is like, okay, this relationship didn't work out, but I gained so much knowledge. I, un- I learned a different form of love. And now I'm learning forgiveness. And now I'm learning how to move on. Now I'm learning new beginnings. Like there's so much more brightness at the end of it all. 
But I think like you said, it is a choice. It's like, how are we choosing to live life and what, how conscious do we want to be of our circumstances? Yeah. You can take the example of like the half glass or the half full, half empty glass. Um, I do think that society and the way that life is, and this might just be like my weird take, but I feel just in the food alone, like when you look at the ingredients and how food is really processed Mm -hmm. and the farms that house the livestock, and this is just the United States because I think it's not the case in other countries. Um, I think the United States has a severe case of like, don't ask, don't tell. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, are you still going to see life as like a beautiful gift and everything's wonderful? Or are you going to see that there is negativity everywhere you look? There's two ways to look at it. Either I'm going to be, I'm going to be a proponent for change or I'm going to be a victim. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that this topic of overindulging in the healing process, um, I think our original intent for creating this conversation was to highlight that, like, sometimes when you're too much in your head and in your problems and, you know, the situation is dragging on something that's really bothering you, really making you depressed or anxious or whatever the case may be. We don't take the moment, the time to truly address it the way that it should. We just surround ourselves with crystals or get like a Reiki cleanse. And we're never actually looking at the shadow work because that is that is the dark scary half empty approach right it's like the root cause of the feeling that you have to really address yes and you know getting that amethyst and connecting to your guides um to make you feel better for that day is not is not going to be the realistic way to address these root issues that probably even stem back to your six-year-old self. Mm-hmm. So I, I do believe that life is what you make it. And mm-hmm. for some, it is going to take years upon years. It could take 20 years to realize you've been ignoring something this whole time. And this just reminded me of our recordings with Riley Doman. And she gave, so Riley, she's in one of our episodes. um, I, sorry, I can't recall which one, but she's so great. Um, We'll link her in our description of this episode if you're interested in getting a reading from her. Um, But she gave us a, um, an attuned reading um, Mm -hmm. where she kind of tuned into our energy and, talked about what showed up for her like visually and energetically and in 2021 I believe it was or 2020 who knows whenever this happened she mentioned she's like you are going to break open Mm -hmm. 
And I remember being like, I don't understand. Like there was no understanding of it. I was just like, break open. Like that sounds fucking terrifying. But then (laughs) she got really emotional about it. And I think she even like shed a couple of tears. Well, I ended up going through like a broken open experience where I had already done a lot of my shadow work in previous years when I was like addressing like, you know, life childhood like all that stuff that naturally comes up in different phases of your life and um it was around that time where I was in a relationship and I was really questioning the whole dynamic and I wanted to change and it was going to be an ending and a breakup and all of that well I had never been so broken open in the sense where I just felt like everything that I had been maybe not fully addressing, even though I thought I had just Mm -hmm. all of a sudden came crumbling down and it was just like a complete shatter. Like if you follow tarot, it's like the tower moment Mm -hmm. where like the tower just falls. And what came out of that was something so special, you know, like, we have to like give ourselves like the time to just really, I guess, build the resilience. Yeah. You know, and like gain the confidence and gain the, the knowledge that's there um, for us to really evolve and mm-hmm. dealing with your emotions and saying, being honest and like, okay, I'm really sad right now, or I'm really angry because anger is another one that I think a lot of people get super terrified with, right? Like nobody wants to be angry or some people just have rage and it's just like, no, it's you're angry about something. There's something why you're so angry with everything and everyone, but you haven't let it unleash. And sometimes you just have to like fucking get really fucking angry at yourself or at something and just like let it all out, like release it because like, it's not meant to be your personality. Yes. I think there's, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of everything, you know, sometimes you really need to sit with your feelings and the negative ones. And it might be at a week's, you know, a few weeks length. And other times, like you said, it's, it's an explosion of emotions that needs to happen yeah. within five minutes. Right. So I think just being open to like whatever your heart is telling you is the way to find healing, I think is acceptable because Mm -hmm. there's something to be revealed through that gateway of expressing it and it could be sitting, sitting with emotions. Yeah. So I think, um, a lot of people look to feel better instantly, <laughs> instant gratification. These kids are being mm-hmm. raised on that. Yeah. It's like, it's like their food, instant gratification. What do mm-hmm. I get when I do this? What do I get when I do this? And how quickly can I get this? Because I'm tired of feeling this. Yeah. And that's where substance abuse comes totally into play. People mm-hmm. are numbing for years, drinking, ignoring, you know, slapping more problems on top of the already existing ones. And then (laughs) before you know it, it's too much to even dive into. Yeah. And you'll just carry that all around. But at some point, maybe 20 years later, (laughs) you'll, you'll see that it's no longer serving you. And at some Mm -hmm. point you have to to address it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I agree. So overindulging in the healing process to me sounds like a paradox. You know, how can you overindulge in something that doesn't have a time stamp? Are we talking about, we'll just break up with him already. <laughs> you know, I can see a toxic relationship as being an example of this when you struggle with ideas that like, I can fix this person or it will get better. Yeah. I feel like that's a way of overindulging. Mm-hmm. Taking that amount of time to realize that it's toxic for you is just what that person needs to reach actualization. That relationship mm -hmm. probably had an earlier expiration date, but the only way through an understanding, reaching an understanding of that is to repeat those cycles over and over again until you get a solid understanding. And of course, when I say the expiration date was a lot sooner, I mean, maybe the appropriate resources weren't in place. Had mm -hmm. that person had those resources, perhaps it would have expedited the process. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, like I said earlier, it, I think it's a choice. Like you choose to let it linger and take so much time. Mm -hmm. I really like your use of expiration date here. It's like, it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, but you're right, like who you surround yourself with and what you allow in your energetic field is just as important as what you put in your body. Like you may not see the impact it has on you at the moment, like when you're eating a burger, but like mm -hmm. too many burgers over time, you're going to see the impact. <laughs> um, you I know, so like, last night. <laughs> I see the impact right now. I had <laughs> pizza. So... <laughs> I need to make it up with like a class or something. <laughs> um, but why, why do people maintain relationships, whether it's friendships, rom romantic relationships or otherwise that are unhealthy for them? In my personal experience, like I held on to these sort of relationships for longer than I needed to. And in retrospect, it was to avoid the sadness or the loneliness or because I was, you know, hard on being loyal and didn't want to let the person down or disappoint anyone. So it's like a double-edged sword um, because at the end, I ended up disappointing myself. And guess what? I probably felt the emotions I tried to avoid in the first place mm -hmm. twofold because I just mm -hmm. like prolonged the whole situation and then it got more complicated. So, um, Angie, during our last episode, we spoke about being honest with ourselves and I'm loving how this is a natural connection with the topic. Part of dealing with emotions and severing ties and unhealthy bonds is having the capacity to be honest with yourself. That means honoring yourself, validating your needs and expressing your experience, essentially creating the space for possibility rather than allowing yourself to remain stuck. That couldn't ring any truer. I think that is a huge problem is that we, we want to tell ourselves lies. We don't want to be honest because what's sitting behind that honesty is like you said, the sadness, the loneliness, the despair that we don't want to address. Mm -hmm. But by not addressing it, it's getting deeper. The well yeah. of sadness gets deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. 
which brings us to the point of like, okay, what do we do when people are posting how sad they are, how anxious they are, how lonely they are? Me personally, it kind of annoys me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, well, okay, yeah. Let's just like get that out of the way. Let's call call the pink elephant in the room the fucking pink elephant in the room. There (laughs) have been some videos where, and, and, and it's, that's also trending now where it's like people are just so comfortable with like tearing up on social media mm. and like creating these videos. And now there's memes about it where it's just like, okay, so you were going through the hardest time and you had, you made space to put makeup on, set your camera, get the right lighting so you can mm-hmm. cry in front of everyone. Like, I don't know. I, I really don't mean to be to come off as like insensitive yeah but I think it's it is getting a little out of hand and I think that's why we wanted to call it out and I I and and I don't think we have sorry go ahead go for it um go ahead you can finish I don't think you have what what were you gonna say I was gonna say I don't think that you and I came in here with like a specific point that we wanted to make I think that yeah we just ramble (laughs) our goal (laughs) our goal is to always ramble (laughs) right our goal was really to just have an open conversation for people Mm -hmm. to contemplate on this topic with us I think that even as we were just like going through these thoughts and it was coming up for me a lot like am I being judgmental is there something that I'm not validating like right am I dismissing you know but or am I just being more I don't know I think a lot of things are coming up for me right now too around this topic and I think that it's totally fine I think that um this is just a space I think we're creating the space to question and to take things with a grain of salt I think the purpose for me uh social media and it's a double-edged sword like you said you're either posting all about how great your life is and how beautiful you are in these angles and these lights, but like it's Instagram versus reality. And, and we know that. We know that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. I think when I see people cry on social media, I feel that the intent is to gather support. However, you mentioned, you know, they're coming on with a full face of makeup maybe they're doing it also to get likes. I mean, why else are you posting? Mm-hmm. It's, it's strange. So I'm a little skeptical of, of those things. And I usually just pass straight through them. I don't even want to engage because not because I'm, I don't want to sit with my feelings. I just don't mm-hmm. know how valid. I don't need that to validate anything for me. Right. And, and if you're constantly looking for validation elsewhere, you're never going to be able to validate yourself. And I think that you building a hardcore, it's first like being like, no, I have myself. Like I, I have a grip. I, it's first saying like, I'm going to be that. It's first saying like, I have my, I have myself, I have a grip and I can deal with it and also extend a hand and also look for help. But for people that are, like I said, professional or that you can truly trust it should be a honor 
to let people into your space, right? And you should be picky and discerning about who you want to engage in, in something super personal in your life. And I guess what I disagree with on social media is that a lot of people are use it as like opening up a portal to the masses mm -hmm. and people that may have ill intentions or that can pretend that they care or say that they care, but you don't truly know them and you're getting advice right. from people who may not know otherwise, don't know how to deal with it, or they may just totally relate and misery loves company. And mm -hmm. so, you know what I mean? Now you're yeah. just like, you create this group of like, I feel the same way this happened to me and so and mm -hmm. so. And you're doing, I think it brings it back to, they're doing it for that instant gratification. They want to relate to people. They want people to share that that feeling or that moment or that experience, but then we'll complain about the negative comments. Yeah. But like when you opened up that portal, like you said, you know the demons are gonna come out to play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that the intention to receive support from the followers who are probably people that they don't know somehow that validation for them is something that they feed off of but then they'll complain about the negative comments which to me is like maybe that's not the right approach yeah yeah it, it would just be apparent to me mm -hmm. so I think it's great to to share you know, any struggles that you're having, but like, be very conscious about the way that you deliver it, because it could actually make the situation worse. Yeah, I don't think that social media is probably the best avenue yet. I would love to see people be more realistic on social media. Mm -hmm. So I think that Maybe crying is going overboard, but like you can share the experience and that might be a little bit of a safer balance for, for that person who's being vulnerable because being vulnerable is great. Sharing your experience and, you know, allowing people like what we're doing now, we're being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We're talking about all the things we think about, you know, certain yeah. things and sure that opens up perhaps you know everything all types of feedback could be negative I guess the so, best way to wrap it up I mean I like that you were being I like what you said earlier about being um you're like I'm now like starting to realize things just like right now am I being too judgmental I think that's great because we all could be a little judgmental you know it's not just you right and, and I guess we are all that's me being judgmental yeah and I guess we we all have a filter mm -hmm. you know like we all see things through our personal lens because it's built up from how you were raised your environment your own personal experience so we're all going to come at this with a specific lens right around yeah. it and we're predisposed to be biased we're all biased whether you say you are or you're not you can mm -hmm. be conscious about your bias 
to right. try to become less biased. But the true fact is that like, we're all going to perceive it in a very different way and experience it in a very different way. So I think we probably don't have a specific point to our episode, this episode. And I kind of find that refreshing. I kind of really like that. But yeah. there is none because I think it's just being like, yeah, like these are topics that we're evaluating that we're seeing pop up and it's trendy and let's address the trendiness and mm-hmm. let people make what they want of it. Draw their own conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you some I don't I don't think we even need a point to make. I think just talking about it is food for thought for us later but also just anyone listening like do you feel like you're dragging out this healing process and how long is it taking you and are you being honest with the fact that you are or not providing yourself with the appropriate tools to overcome them Mm -hmm. so then are you okay with healing taking over your whole life or are you going to like when do we become healed is the question yeah and i think it comes in waves how many times have you gone through challenges and overcome them right and you're just like oh fuck finally like you see you feel better you overcame one thing and then months or years down the line you encounter something else and you're just like having to now relearn how to heal all over again heal about something different because like truthfully there's people are going to die in our lives you're going to experience breakup you're you may experience unemployment you may have your own business and it doesn't work out you may if there's like peaks and valleys to life and so i think that the more you are able to like truly build resilience and overcome certain challenges then the next time it happens i would assume and i would hope that the gap in which it takes for you mm-hmm. to heal shortens and then it shortens and it keeps shortening until you reach this like ultimate level of acceptance of everything that's going on. Even the hard part where it's just like, you know what, this shit's really fucking hard. And also I'm really grateful because I'm growing and because I'm yeah. shedding and because I'm learning. It's not as hard this time. Yeah. Yeah. I think life will continue to be, a challenge and it's great you have to know like what victory is or what losing is to know the opposite mm-hmm. and I do feel that this topic is relevant because you mentioned earlier like now we're in a recession like what now what now yeah. can I live can I try to live a normal life without this dark thing that's beyond my control looming over me Mm-hmm. And where can I gather the right resources to navigate something that will continue to come up? Because I guess that's just a part of life. <laughs> right. You are going to struggle and yeah. you will triumph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What side do you want to be on? Where Where are you going to put your effort into creating a life that you think is worth living and, and valuable and, and beautiful. Yeah. And you can choose something different every single day. True. Right. 
it's like a choice. You can change your mind an hour from now. Mm -hmm. You can be like, all right, I'm going to spend the rest of this fucking hour crying and like feeling super sad for myself. Yeah. But at three (laughs) o'clock, at three o'clock, the heels come on, the lashes come on. Yeah. I'm done crying. I'm going to throw on a thick ass eyeliner to hide the puffiness and have fun. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just like take it in strides. I kind of really love this topic. Me I wasn't too. expecting this for this to go this way. And I'm really appreciating it in this moment. Me too. Me too. And we didn't shed a tear. <laughs> I know. You know, these these topics, when when we come up with them, I'm like, damn, that's digging deep. <laughs> and then I become a little fearful. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is it gonna bring up for me? Yeah. But again, that's just like the fear and the anxiety of the unknown. And, and that's okay, because actually, it can turn out to be much more beautiful. Right? We're just we're just programmed to thrive against the odds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it does. <clears throat> it makes a ton of sense. Um, okay. Well, I think this is a feel good topic for me. I feel great after this. I think it's, it was like a little bit somber, but also like the whole day is ahead of us. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. kind of excited to, we'll meet with you later. We're going to go on a candle making shop with Luz Apothecary, Angie's sister. Content to come. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, for anyone who is listening right now, I hope that um, you at least felt heard and maybe have taken a couple of things to contemplate a little bit here and there. Um, or maybe this will challenge you to sit with your feelings or have an uncomfortable conversation with someone in your circle who you've been meaning to um, address. So we hope that you have a wonderful week or weekend, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Um, And we had a really good time. Yeah. Thank you guys for giving us your time. We love to sit with you and talk just a variety of things. A couple things we didn't get into that of course will come out later in other episodes some of the topics we didn't get into was waiting versus taking action, practicality versus spirituality and the hustle culture. But our next episode is all about battling the should have, like we should have talked about those things (laughs) in this episode. We will talk about them in the next one. And with a highlight of being in your thirties and how societal expectations really really play a role with like I should have done this I should have done that Mm -hmm. and you know we're going to talk about anything under that umbrella which is a lot so So much to uncover yes thank you guys for tuning in to this one and we'll see you on the next one bye bye bye